Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's cover two time. Warren, what's up? Playoff cover two episode. I'm excited we made it to the playoffs, Warren. I'm excited, man. This is the season uh, we've all been waiting for. Playoff season, man. This is the most exciting time of the year. Yeah, it is. That's <clears throat> Playoffs is one of those things where you're just trying to get a ticket into the tournament. Once you yep. get into the tournament, it's a bunch of one game, you know, winner take all events. Uh, it's pretty spectacular. And uh, playoffs wild card weekend. Now they call it super wild card right. weekend because you have the Monday game. Super wild card weekend and the divisional round of the playoffs are probably the two best weekends of football, Absolutely. you know, all year long. And we're at that point, and the 49ers made it. And, you know, it's kind of one of those interesting things where they start three and four, they lose big to Kansas City, and everyone's like, hey, you know, what's going on with this team? We have one section of the fan base fire Kyle Shanahan, fire John Lynch. You have others that are like, I don't know what we're doing. And then you got some there saying, hey, just stay the course. It's going to be fine. But the 49ers do none of that. They reel off 10 straight victories, get to the playoffs, and not just get to the playoffs, they didn't sneak in, but the number two seed overall. Yeah, yeah, they they handled business ever since they acquired Christian McCaffrey. And like you said, I think a couple of weeks ago, I mean, if the Niners doesn't go through that rough patch early in the season, we don't know if we have Christian McCaffrey at this point, you know? And I mean, since that acquisition of Christian, Christian McCaffrey, this team is, has taken off. I mean, we had that one loss to Kansas City, uh, to Kansas City, but that was Christian McCaffrey's first game in a Niner uniform. So he was still getting acclimated to the offense and the system and, you know, just the, his new surroundings being back in the Bay area, but being, I mean, since then, I mean, this team has taken off, you know, right. I mean, coming into the season, we all looked at the roster. We know what a Super Bowl roster looked like and the Niners had a Super Bowl roster. So when we started the season rough, with we we're three and four, you know, and yeah. tough losses to Atlanta and Denver games that you, you look, you know, in preseason in circle as W's, you know, those are tough ones that we look back on and we should have won those games. That's probably the difference now between being the two seed and the one seed. 
Um, but the way this team is rebounded and the trajectory this team is on right now is through the roof. Yeah, it is. I mean, they've been playing at an all-time high. They're scoring 30 points a game pretty much with Brock Purdy at the helm. The only you know, blemish to that is Seattle Seahawks on Thursday Night Football with an oblique and a rib. Yeah. I mean, that's that's they scored 21 points. You know, easily could have been 28 with Diamond Lenore's interception return for a touchdown, but we got the roughing the passer on both on Bosa. And then also Jordan Mason tackle at the one yard line. They kneel down. They get attacked it on. But uh the four yards have, you know, an offense to do whatever they want to do. And it's not like Seattle's coming in with the bet one of the better defenses in the league. They're 26th best in the NFL. They give up, you know, over 26 points a game. And the 49ers, you know, right now in this stretch are scoring over 30. And as the 49ers are scoring more points, Seattle is scoring less. Uh, because they've changed the way that they're playing football. They're not throwing it around as much. They're relying more on Kenneth Walker in the run game, which I know we're going to get into. Uh, but it's just an interesting you know, dynamic as we see these two teams going kind of in different directions. Seattle, I think, trying to find exactly what their identity is and the 49ers flourishing in what their identity is. They've known for a while once they got Christian McCaffrey, and now they got Debo Samuel back too. Yeah, this this Seattle team is... They're actually ahead of schedule, to be honest. I mean, this is a young team. If you start to look at their roster, uh, they have some, a lot of young talent on this team. Right. You know, they they as it's been highly publicized, we know they got rid of Russell Wilson, you yep. know, and they got, you know, a King's Ransom back for it, you know, yep. and good for them. You know, they're going to have they're going to have a lot of picks to rebuild that roster and, you know, see what they could do going forward. But they're ahead of schedule. You know, nobody expected them to be here with Geno Smith. Right. You know, um, uh, I didn't. You know, when they lost Russ, I was like. Man, like they're they're pretty much hitting the reset button. But look, they're here. I mean, hats off to Seattle for being here, making it to the playoffs. I mean, you looked at the NFC West going into the season, you thought it'd be the Niners and the Rams coming out. So congratulations to Seattle. Um, we got them a third time. Um, I know a lot of people say that's the hardest thing to do in sports is beat a team three times in one season. But um, you look at the talent levels of both teams, I, I feel like the Niners should have no problem. This, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting that people say that, right? That it's so hard to beat a team three times. When if you look at the numbers, that it's not backed up. Normally, the team that won the first two wins the third time 76% of the time. That's a pretty good rate overall for winning. And if you're playing at home in that game, you win even at a higher rate. So it's not like the Seahawks are going to jump up and surprise the 49ers. I think there's some interesting matchups as far as what the Seahawks provide compared to the 49ers. Uh, but when you really start breaking it down, there, there's not very many areas of which Seattle is better than the 49ers. And I'm talking for the season, right? The 49ers have a top five offense as far as, you know, points scored. They're one of the top five. They have the number one defense in the NFL. Special teams is an area Seattle has an advantage. Uh, they're, you know, they're top uh, 10 in the league, right? So they're, I think, number nine overall. 49ers are 13th. Not a huge difference, but still an area where Seattle has an advantage. But then when you get to the turnover margin, the 49ers are plus 13. The Seahawks are plus two. Uh, 49ers have created 30 turnovers and only turned the ball over 17 times. 17 times is the best in the NFL. The 49ers take care of the ball better than anyone else. And then you got the Seahawks who have turned the ball over 25 times. I think it's just a, a real problem for them. And I think that's going to be one of the keys to the game is the 49ers able to hold on to the football while Seattle had turns the ball over. I don't know if you knew this, Warren, but Seattle has only had one game this year without a turnover. 16 games with turnovers this year. Wow, that's that's crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've pretty much had a turnover every game this season. Um, wow, that's that's 
I mean, that's something the Niners should capitalize off this week, especially coming into this week. I mean, we had three interceptions last week um, against uh, the Rams last week. Uh, not the Rams, against uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona, yeah. So um, um, that's that's something the Niners should focus on. I mean, the Seattle likes to give it up, you know. So the, either that is, you know, trying to trying to pick off Geno Smith or, or uh, create uh, fumbles with um, uh, Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? It was it was uh, Travis Homer who fumbled when Drake Greenlaw and, and Jimmy Ward hit him, you know, in that Week 15 matchup. And you know what's interesting about that matchup uh, is I looked back and you know I had I had to watch the game again because I kept thinking Kenneth Walker didn't play. You know, I know we're gonna get it really deep into Kenneth Walker pretty soon, but um, I went back and he did play. But the 49ers held the Seattle run game to 70 yards, uh, and. Is while the 49ers have had huge success against Seattle running the football, 189 in week two, 170 in week 15. Uh, for Seattle, they've struggled to run the ball against the 49ers, even with you know their great rookie quarterback, Kenneth Walker, because he's had a great season. Yeah, absolutely. 11 games played, 1,050 yards. Like that's spectacular. Nine touchdowns. It, he's going to be a problem here oh, pretty yeah. soon. Uh, but it's just one of those interesting things that you know the run game is probably going to be a big part of this game. Yeah, I think so. Um, Kenneth Walker, anytime you, I mean, I have history with the guy. I mean, he went to Michigan State and he killed us last year at Michigan a couple of years ago. He had five touchdowns on us. So I seen the talent coming into the draft and then for see him translate, you know, into the NFL. It's the guy's special. You know, he can yeah. play. Um, I'm definitely impressed from what I've seen from him off his rookie season. So honestly, in this game, I think he's going to be probably one of the top two things to worry about going into this game. I'm, I know we were fresh off playing Josh Jacobs, and um, I believe Nick Bosa came out and said like that was the best running back he's ever played against. And their running styles is 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 kind of they're they're different, you know. I mean, Jacobs is more physical. Um, Kenneth Walker is he's he he has a little bit of both, you know. Right. He's he's he can be shifty, he can be physical, um, but he's definitely a problem. He's going to be somebody um, to deal with during this game, and. You know, the Niners have one of the best run defenses in the league, so I don't think he'll be too much of a problem, but it's some, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, with when it comes to the difference between Jacobs and, and Kenneth Walker, uh, Jacobs, he sees the hole a lot better, right? He, he navigates through those small holes. With Walker, he's explosive. He yeah. can make things happen. He can bounce something out. He's slippery. He breaks tackles. Uh, there's something about him. That's why getting Drake Greenlaw back has been huge uh, for this 49ers defense because he's going to have to help account for him, you know, and there's also other players. I mean, they still have weapons. Seattle still got DK and Tyler Lockett, you know, I mean, they're hurting a little bit. No more Marquise Goodwin, no D Eskridge. Uh, they basically have that. And, you know, Cade Johnson on the outside. I mean, he's, he's all right, young player, but right. I don't know how many people are really scared about Cade <laughs> Johnson on the outside, right. <laughs> which could be huge for the 49ers who have question marks sometimes around the secondary. But I think it's interesting matchups that way. And then for the 49ers on offense, I mean, uh, so many weapons. And you're adding Debo. I mean, in week two, they didn't have George Kittle uh, or Christian McCaffrey. He wasn't even on this team. He was a Carolina Panther at the time. In week 15, there's no Debo Samuel. You don't have him a part of the offense. Uh, now he's back. There's just there's things that Seattle hasn't seen yet. And they also saw an injured Brock Purdy in week 15. Uh, that's not the offensive game plan Kyle Shanahan's going to come in with. They came in to protect Brock Purdy make sure they could run the football. 
and and just get it done that way. Now they're going to come in. I mean, I think it's going to be full guns blazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, get ready. You know, I mean, the, the circus <laughs> is here. Barnum and Bailey are setting up. Kyle Shanahan's going to give them everything they can handle. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I said it a few weeks ago. I mean, when we played them up in Seattle, they they hadn't seen this Niner team. You know, yeah. they, they, didn't had, they hadn't seen Christian McCaffrey. They haven't seen Brock Purdy. You know, it was completely a different team. And, I mean, the Niners, I mean, we're, we're fully healthy now. Yep. You know, offensively, like, we're – we're fully healthy. You know, this is this is what we all been waiting for. And so, I mean, this is all going to be unleashed on Seattle on Saturday. And this is the problem with playing the Niners week to week is you just don't know who's going to kill you. So, like, pick your poison, you know. And so it's going to be interesting to see how Seattle adjusts and how they uh, try to defend this team. But I, I honestly think there's no answer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to getting into some of this. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Warren, was Northern California weather, and we're out here in Northern California. We're we're seeing it firsthand. Right, uh, it's pretty ridiculous. And yeah. Early in the week, they were saying that on rain, you know, on on game day, I almost called it rain day again, but on game day, uh, it could potentially, you know, an inch of rain. Well, now it's kind of changed. Now they're saying in half an inch. Uh, they're still saying heavy rain, but do you think the weather could have a huge effect on this game? And if so, does it benefit the 49ers or the Seahawks? Um, I think it could have an effect on the game. Um, I, I don't think the actual weather is going to have a, a a problem on both teams. I mean, Seattle deals with a lot of rain being up um, on the West Coast, but the northern part of the West Coast. And then the Niners, us being on the West Coast, we we deal with rain, you right. know, especially in the Bay Area. Um, I do think a ball ball uh, was a ball control or ball. Yeah, uh, ball control. Ball control could be a problem, you know, um, with with a wet football it you know it causes a lot of problems and the Niners were the type of team that you know it's it's a run after a catch type of team you know what I mean a lot of a lot of rat, uh, yak and stuff like that when it when you play that type of football uh, ball carrying becomes critical right. you know what I mean because with the web football it just becomes that much harder to hold on to the ball and now nowadays in today's NFL. After every play, every defensive player is trying to strip the ball out. They're either trying to punch it out, they're trying to get the ball out in any shape or fashion they can get it. So when you're playing with the wet football, it's going to be difficult. You right. know, just 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 because in our in our system, in our offense, we don't really have the 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 big play offense where we play action, go up top, catch it, and you run to the end zone. It's more of, you know, we put together drives, you know, guys do bust off uh, long runs. Right. But when you're in traffic, when you're in traffic and, and you don't see the guy to the left of you, they come up, knock the ball out. It could be a problem. It could be a problem for the Niners in this offense uh, um, on Saturday if if they don't prepare for this, if they're not they're not ready for it. But um, I think the Niners will be ready for it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it normally weather right away gives advantage to wide receivers because wide receivers know where they're going. Uh, defensive players are playing catch up and trying to figure it out and then have to, you know, put their foot at a 45 and drive on footballs or, you know, flip their hips and run with the wide receiver. Those things are difficult. I think that, you know, DK Metcalf is going to be able to run in the mud, but he's also going to be dealing with the physicality of Charvarius Ward. And with that physicality, that could slow him up, not allow him to get, you know, open. How is Gino going to be affected? How are Brock Purdy? We don't know. We don't know how they're going to be affected by rain. The one thing I do take into account that it could be an advantage for the 49ers is turnovers. The 49ers are winning the turnover battle pretty consistently every single week. Being plus 13 is a good scenario where Seattle is not in that situation. They turned the ball over. They fumbled. It was Travis Homer that fumbled, right? It's Geno Smith that throws picks. Uh, so you're right. The 49ers have to make sure they hold on to the football. And turnovers can be a huge part of this game, and a wet ball makes it more difficult. 
One thing to remember, though, Seattle does play in the Pacific Northwest, but they practice inside in a in a covered facility. That's interesting. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers have been outside in the rain, throwing mm-hmm. a football around and getting used to playing with a wet ball. When I used to coach, I used to purposely have weeks where I would completely water down the football because the ball's heavier yes. and it's a little bit different to, to handle. What we'll probably see is some of the players go with gloves and some not, depending on you know what their comfort with, is with it. But ball security is going to be at a high priority for these teams. And you're right. That's the effect, right? It's not so much the actual rain, but the wet ball that could be a problem. And I always said, really good football teams don't like weather because it can be a neutralizer uh, for a team that's not as good to be able to stay in the football game and hang on because, you know, maybe Kenneth Walker's a mutter, as we call him. Those guys who can run in the rain, you just don't know. But I think the 49ers might have some along the way. Number one, Christian McCaffrey is from Colorado. He ain't going to have problems running in the rain, I believe. <clears throat> Elijah Mitchell, sure as heck, is a mutter. I don't there, think he's ever fumbled in his career. Uh, yeah, right? there ain't going to be no problems with him. And then you got Debo <clears throat> with the attitude, George Kittle with the attitude. Those guys, though, the only thing I'm worried about them is the extra yard stuff, like you're talking about somebody coming through and punching. Right. Those would be a little bit of concern. Yeah, that's that's mostly what you're going to have to worry about. It's just the guys that come out of nowhere and get a lucky punch on the ball and, and you know, they, they knock it loose. And, right. I mean, how many times have we seen it happen? We've, we've seen it change games. And um, the good thing about it is that we're not the only team playing it. They got to deal with it as well. Yep. You know, so they're going to have to they're going to have to um, prioritize ball control as well, just as as well as the Niners have to. And I mean, this is where you get to see, you know, how well coach team is, you know, when you come into this game prepared and you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a sloppy football game out there. You know, you know, you're going to have to prioritize during the week, you know, holding on to the football. So you're going to get to see, you know, on Saturday, how prepared or how well coached these teams are. With something like that, you know, you don't want any turnovers in, in, in the playoffs. I mean, a turnover could it could cost you the game. You know, it's, right. it's it's these playoff games are wild. You know, I mean, I mean, if you've been watching football for years, I mean, it could just turn in the drop of a dime. So, um, yeah, ball security is going to be a major issue going into the game. But I think the Niners will be able to take care of it. I, I think you're right. So, I mean, <clears throat> weather could be a little bit of a concern, but we'll see how it plays out and things could change. I mean, we're we're not all the way to Saturday yet. Uh, for all we know, you know, we get to the game because it's supposed to have been two rain games already for the 49ers and they came out of it on the other side. Maybe right. this time it'll be nothing, no weather, and we won't have to worry about it. But let's talk about the Seahawks run game because to beat San Francisco, they're going to have to be able to run the football consistently. <clears throat> the last time that they played on that Thursday night game, 70 yards rushing, not a huge, uh, nothing doing in week two either. But when they've won the last two games of the season, yeah, their scoring totals are down 23 against the Jets, 19 in overtime against the Rams. But in both games, they nearly got to 200 yards, 198 yards against the Jets and 196, I believe it was against the Rams. So the running game is coming, but with that, the point production is going down. How does the Seahawks running game get going against this 49ers number one rushing defense? That's, that's going to be how they, they got to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, cause nobody's had success against this Niner defense running the ball. So <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see how, how Seattle, uh, they attack this problem. You know, the Niners, the Niners rush defense, I mean, you look at both levels from the defensive line to the linebackers. I mean, they're they're all playing at the top of their game right now. Right. So, I mean, of course, Seattle, like we said before, they have Kenneth Walker, one of the best young running backs in the league right now, definitely going to present a problem for this team. You know, because like you said, he's he's explosive. 
He's slippery. You know, he can take a carry to the house. You know, yeah, he's going to be some a handful to deal with. But I mean, you look at the running backs we played throughout the year. I mean, we played Josh Jacobs. You know, we've played who else have we played? We've we've um, played against Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm having a mind. I can't even think of running back. Uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah. Um, we've we've been through the ringer. You know, we've played yeah. we've played top running backs and shut them all down. You know. Um, I just don't expect to wake up Saturday and, you know, the Niners are just going to give up 200 yards rushing, you know, to, to a rookie running back. I just don't think it works like that. This team is too talented, too deep for to have a breakdown like that in this game. So um, I'm, I'm, I don't know how Seattle does it. To be honest, I mean, they have their hands full. I mean, knowing Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's always loved to run the football, even in his days at USC, you know, so. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they attack this defense. I don't think they'll have any success. I mean, Miko Ryan's has the defense playing playing well. You know, they're they're they're, they're playing yeah. with their mind on fire right now. So it's going to be interesting to see what Seattle does. Yeah, I mean, Seattle's going to have to figure out a way to create holes. And I think that you know one of the reasons that teams haven't been able to have success on the interior against the Niners. I mean, because Atlanta had some success running the football, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. with the power run game, but that was no Armstead, no Bosa, right? It's a different roster no uh, there. Yeah, no Kinlaw. And then when you got to the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they used the edge. They ran out on the edge. They used their speed sweeps, their jet sweeps, and all that to take advantage of the 49ers. Um, you're not going to get that from Seattle. They don't have that. Seattle has been going to a lot of wildcat. Uh, they've been doing that over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's worked with some, you know, some success. That's not going to work against the 49ers either because the 49ers have one of the best linebacker cores in the league. And those guys can stuff the run at a high level. Uh, but really part of it, you've seen the Washington commanders have a very good run running offense. Brian Robinson's no joke. Antonio Gibson comes in as a change of pace guy. Those guys are, are physical. They're fast. And the 49ers absolutely played well against them. Uh, Robinson was going early, and then he got slammed shut. And I think that's just what we're going to do with Armstead you know, and Kinlaw inside with Bosa and Ebicom. They're, they're really good at setting the edge. It's a very, very good football team uh, defensively stopping the run. I think it's going to be hard for the Seahawks. What can they come up with? I think it's going to be a key because if they can't establish a run game and this gets put all on Geno Smith and his right arm, not only is he going to have mistakes that he's going to make, but D'Amico Ryans has proven this year. You become one-dimensional. I will come after you. I will blitz you. I'll put pressure and I'll confuse you. And next thing you know, you're looking up and you're down 28-3. to three. You know, I mean, It's just what he's done to them this year. Uh, I think it's going to be hard. I I don't know what the answer is. I'm going to be doing more breakdown of the film of the Seattle Seahawks. I just don't know what the answer is to for the Seattle Seahawks to get a run game going against this 49ers. I think you bring up a good point. What's interesting is, you know, when we play the Kansas City Chiefs, they they attacked us on the edges, you know, and they 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 found a weakness in this defense and they exploited it, you know. Since that game, nobody's trying to do replicating, you yeah. know. And I don't know if it's a personnel issue, you know, I mean, Kansas City doesn't have the weapons as they even what they had last year. You know, they do have some guys that are uh, fast around on the edges. But, I mean, that was early in the season, you know. And it's shocking to me that a lot of teams haven't tried to replicate what Andy Reid did. Because, to me, Andy Reid almost put the blueprint out on, like, how to attack this Niners defense. Yeah. You know, and nobody has is, nobody is taken that blueprint and applied it, you know. Everybody tries to run up the gut against the Niners. Everybody tries to hit us in the mouth and run it down our throat and nobody's had success. You know, the Niners, they stopped, they shut it out. Like you said, they just put it into it. So it's going to be interesting to see going forward in this playoff run. If anybody tries to take that Andy Reid game plan 
and and, and try to put it into play during the uh the playoff season. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for them. You know, I think Andy Reid, you know, caught the 49ers with their pants down in that situation. They weren't ready, you know, for that. They were straight Vernon Davis with Mike Singletary around, uh, pants down. And I think that when it came down to it now, it, it's it's different because you got three of the best linebackers that can run sideline to sideline. Yes. Ray Greenlaw, you know, and, and Fred Warner are two of the best. And then Aziz is very good at stopping the run, too. And then if you're a nickel, you have Jimmy Ward now. I mean, that's that's part of the big difference. He was wearing a club back then. Uh, he was just playing nickel for the first time. His run fits are fantastic. I don't think very many teams can attack the 49ers the way that Kansas City did. And in fact, I don't think Kansas City could re you know duplicate that performance. I think the 49ers would be willing and able to stop it because I think Bosa and Ebicom would change the way they play. Absolutely. Uh, and I think it would be a different outcome, you know, as far as running the football. So I, I'm curious how Seattle does it. If I had to guess, Seattle's gonna try to take advantage of the 49ers aggressiveness early and try to hit screen passes. You know, and then try to get Kenneth Walker out on the edge. Uh, but I don't know if those are going to work. And if they don't, you could see a a, a time where Geno Smith is going to have to get it done, Warren. And that's why I want to talk to you about, we've got two quarterbacks that don't have playoff experience. Uh, this is Geno versus Brock. Um, Number one, who do you got more faith in? And number two, uh, do you think either one of these quarterbacks, you know, can have a huge game? Um. What's crazy to me is uh, going into this game, I I seen a, a stat where I guess Geno uh, broke the the season passing record in Seattle, which is just blows my mind because it's his first year in Seattle and Russell Wilson has had epic years up there. Yeah, you know he's a legend in Seattle. And to see that stat, it just it just baffles me honestly. Um, but uh, I I want to commend Geno. Geno had a great year. Yeah. You know, um, I think he played above his talent level. You know, um, to get this Seattle team to the playoffs is it's a feat for him. You know, it's definitely something that I didn't see coming. Um, I think Brock Purdy's a better quarterback. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you know, we're we're playing with Mr. Irrelevant, you know, I mean, and he's going out here and he's 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 looking like a first round quarterback. He looked like a first round pick. Like right. the way this guy's performing is he's playing above his talent level right now. Like the dude is on fire. You know, so I have much more faith in Brock Purdy just just from what we've seen, you know, just from what he showed us. I mean, the guy already has command of the offense. Right. You know, I mean, when he's in the pocket and you see him running the offense, you see no fear in his eyes. You know, like the guy's just back there and he's it's like, all right, I'm I'm, I'm going to go here. This I'm, this play. I'm going to go there that play. And he's doing it with confidence. He's doing everything with confidence, you know, and. Like the touchdown pass he threw to the Kittle last week, you know, in the corner of the end zone. Yeah, that was nice. Man, it was beautiful. You know what I mean? You're just like, man, this is Mr. Irrelevant. You know, and it, it just starts making you think like back to when Brady, Brady got drafted in the sixth round and, you know, everybody missed on Brady. You know, I mean, if if, if they knew Brady was so great, they would have took him in the first round. Like, yeah. Now I'm looking at this Purdy thing and it's like, man, we even missed on Purdy. If we knew he was this great, we'd have took him in the first round. But I'm glad he's a Niner, you know, because – the way he's the way he's showing out is this is this is what you, this is what you want, right? You know, so uh, going into this game, um, I have I have four hundred percent confidence in Purdy for him to perform like he's been the last five to six weeks. Um, I think he'll have a better game than Geno. Um, I think Geno will come to play. I I do think it's going to be. I think early it's they're going they're going to play stuff. You know, I think it's going to be a game early, but as the game settles in. I think uh, Brock Purdy would be the quarterback making the most plays. I think what's interesting is, right, Bosa was quoted as saying, we, we can't let these guys hang around. Like, we, we got to make them know right from the beginning. 
True. Um, don't let them hang around. Don't let them even think they're in this football game. And I think that's a good mindset to have. Uh, when it comes to Brock Purdy, I think what they've said to Brock Purdy and kind of the way he's been answering questions make me think he's bought into it is Fred Warner and those guys told him, we don't need you to be a superstar. We don't need you to be, you know, take the whole world on. We just need you to be Brock Purdy. That's all we need you to do. We need to go out there and be a point card and facilitate. You know, get the ball out to Debo. Let him do his thing. Get it to George. Get it to CMC. Get it to Brandon. And let these guys create. And I think that's what he's been doing at a high level. And that's why we've seen the offense take the uptick that it has. He's not looking for a certain guy. He's just looking for the open guy. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a little bit of a difference in thought process. I also think he does process information extremely fast. Uh, You see him make a mistake. But you usually don't see the same mistake twice. That means that's a young guy that's learning and developing. And that's good news for the 49ers. And he's going to come into the playoffs, and they don't call him BCB for no reason. The guy <laughs> is not afraid. He's not timid. No. Uh, there's nothing about this guy that makes me think this moment is going to be too big for him. Uh, and I think he's going to come out there, and he's going to execute. And when it comes to Geno Smith, uh, it's nothing against Geno. Great season. 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. It's a great year. The problem is you're now staring into the eyes of the number one defense. They don't care what your stats were. Uh, They want to go out there. They want to get you to the ground and they want to make you pay for everything that you've tried to do. And I think they're going to get after him, you know, and he's, he's, he's probably going to have to use his legs in this game. He's going to have to run. And he, if he can get some big third down conversions, Seattle will have a chance to hang in this game. If they get after him and they sack him and they don't allow him those conversions, the 49ers are going to roll these guys. Uh, Cause I don't think they're going to allow the run game to get going, which means all eyes are on Geno Smith. And when that happens, that means 29's coming on a blitz or 54 <laughs> up the middle or Greenlaw from somewhere you didn't expect. Uh, and that's not good. Third, third and eight plus is not good for Seattle. And if that happens, happens as Richard Sherman would say, Nicholas John Bosa is about to go crazy. <laughs> and I mean, an, another part of it is, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, he, the guy is play calling. He, he's in his bag right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, he knows the plethora of weapons he has. I mean, we got to see a little bit of use check last week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was wide open in the middle of the field. And I mean, if you look at the breakdown of the play and how he got open, it's just like, it's beautiful. You know? Yeah. It's like, you got Christian uh, McCaffrey going out to the right, Debo to the left. And you know, it's like, it just opens up everything for everybody, you know? And I mean, this is, this is what we want, you know, like this is what Niner fans wanted. You know what I mean? They wanted. uh, Shanahan be playing at the top of his game, coaching at the top of his game, because we've been here with Shanahan before, and yeah. you know he's he's gone through all the criticism, you know, of not finishing games, even when he was in Atlanta, you know, even when he was in Washington, you know, getting up, getting to that biggest game in the fourth quarter, and not finishing, you know, I think Shanahan has learned from the moment, all those moments. I think he's grown from the moment, those moments, and we're seeing a a, a finished pr- a product with with Kyle Shanahan. So I'm excited to see this run, man. Like, I think this is the team that could finish the job, you know, and it was in doubt when Jimmy G went down. It was in doubt when when uh, Trey Lance went down, you know, but seeing how this team gels and the chemistry of this team, when when somebody gets hurt and they all rally together, it's like you really sit there and you're like, man, we got a special team. So I really think this is the team that's going to get it done. Yeah, they're special, you know, <laughs> and they've got a special young quarterback and, he knows what his job is, and he's got playmakers that can handle anything that he can throw at them. And he doesn't have to go for any points. You know what I mean? Is If you're a point guard, you have to score your points, right? No, this is old school. This is John Stockton, man. Just get the ball out. Uh, you know, you could go 0-12-12. and 12. It don't matter. And I think that's one thing that's going to be nice is watching the way that Brock Purdy handles this situation. I don't expect it. You know, I don't expect 300-yard games. 
I expect, you know, the 215 to 250, uh, two <laughs> touchdowns, no interceptions, one interception, whatever it is. Uh, but just let your players make plays. And I think that's what he's going to do. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, Fournier secondary has some interesting questions. There's been question marks about Diomar Lenore. I thought he bounced back against Arizona. I know there was A.J. Green play, but he's First there. Play. He just doesn't make the play, the ball skills. A.J. probably pushed him in the back a little bit, which, hey, that's what A.J. does, right? He's a veteran. He, he knows what he's getting away with. Um, but there's some question marks about Diomar Lenore. Uh, but not just that. There's also question marks about Ambry Thomas. And Ambry Thomas has been one of those backups that the Fournier have counted on to play special teams. They have Sam Womack. Uh, of course, he's a you know a big backup. He can play on either side. But Kyle Shanahan said a few weeks ago that they were going to look at Jack Rabbit Jenkins as potentially being that first guy in uh, down the road. They did give him a run. I predicted they would let him play against Arizona. He did. And now Ambry Thomas isn't practicing. Warren, how close are we, before we get to Diameter Lenore, how close are we to the 49ers moving on from Ambry Thomas for the rest of the season and going with Jack Rabbit? Um, I hope we're far away. I mean, well... From this season, I think we're close. Yeah. I think we're close. I don't mean uh, like in next yeah, season. Or in the career, future, yeah, career-wise, career I hope we're far away. I think he has a lot of talent. But um, going into this, se- this season, talking about this season specifically, um, I think I think they have to move on. You know, um, we just haven't seen Amory this year. I mean, outside of special teams, we haven't seen Amory. Yeah. You know, so all we've really heard is just the reports. And I know you've got to see him in um, – Training camp, uh, training camp yeah. yeah, before the season, you know, and, you know, everything that we hear from him is just not good. You know, it's just that I don't know if he came into the season not prepared. Um, you know, I don't know if he he was sitting on his laurels from last year, you know, reading his press clippings because he finished the season strong. Yeah, he did. You know, and then uh, for him not to come this year and, and try to take that position and take a stranglehold of it, it re- it's really disappointing, you know, and now he's hurt. You know, it's it's. You got to move on from him. You know, we we picked up Jackrabbit for a reason. You know, we got we drafted Womack for a reason. Like, these are the moments, you know, we're going to have to lean on these guys. You know, because if an injury goes down and Lenore's out or Ward's out and you got to insert one of these guys, you know, it's it, real bullets is flying. You right. know, you got to get out there. You got to make plays. And, you know, we're... We're dependent on you, you know, like the, the, the team's dependent on you to go out there, shut down this number two receiver or line up against this number one receiver and, you know, hold your own for at least three to three to five seconds, you know, and I think they got to move on from I got they got to move on from Ambry. I think they should put him on IR, you know, um, elevate Janorius Jenkins. Let's see what Janique, uh, Jenkins can do. You know, he's been out of football for a little bit, you know, so no, I don't know. if Nobody's really got to see him. You know, so let's 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 see what he can do. You know, I say put him on IR and let's see what uh, Janoris can do. Yeah, he's played in two games. Uh, he came in a little bit. I think it was against Tampa Bay, uh, but then also you know he played this last week. They got a game a run, but I kept saying I was watching the game and I kept saying throw it, throw it at Jenkins, throw it at Jenkins because I wanted to see him in action. Yeah, we didn't get to see that because I knew it was a dress rehearsal. Um, I knew with them putting Ambry Thomas on the inactive list last week that they were giving Jenkins an opportunity to see where he was. Because it's about seeing what Samuel Womack has done. Uh, Womack hasn't exactly asserted himself as an outside corner. I think if you put him in the nickel, he'll do fine. The problem is you need to make sure that if Diameter Lenore or if Traverse Ward go down, that you have a capable backup yeah. as that first guy in. And I haven't seen that from Ambry Thomas. And I don't know about you, but I don't feel 100% comfortable if Traverse went down and it becomes Diameter Lenore and Ambry Thomas. I would be a little concerned. Um, I don't think Ambry has you know progressed as far as I was anticipating him to do it during the offseason. 
But I will give him credit. He's been one heck of a special teams player this year. So props to him for taking on that role and playing hard. But I think we're to the part of the season now with Elijah Mitchell being back that Jordan Mason could continue to be an effort player there. Danny Gray can help you on special teams, right? There's other guys that can get it done for Ambry Thomas. We saw Danny Gray play the gunner position this last week. I think the four yards are to the point now where it's about getting that veteran corner out there that they have just in case something happens. Not so much, you know, that uh, you want to bench Lenore or anything like that. And that's why I want to kind of transition to Lenore. But just if he got hurt, because uh, I think this is Lenore's, you know, Lenore's run. Just like Ambry's run was last year, this is Lenore's. And overall, I, weren't, I thought he responded last week. I think this weekend against Seattle is a good matchup for him uh, because DK Metcalf's a problem, right? Well, you're not going to put Diameter Lenore lined up one-on-one with DK Metcalf. If Metcalf's on him, you're giving him help. And if it's, uh, you know, and if it's, uh, uh, really, if it's one-on-one, it's going to be Tarverius Ward that's on Metcalf. Then with Lockett, he's not big, he's not fast, he's just smart. Uh, and then with Cade Johnson, their other corner, you don't re- I mean, other receiver, you don't really have to worry about him being physical either. I think Lenore matches up well with what Seattle wants to do, and I think Seattle's going to want to put Lockett in the slot most of the time anyways. I agree. And, and what's going on right now around the league, the rumor is how to beat the Niners is over the top. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the... That's what every team is going into the playing the Niners trying to do. They're trying to attack the secondary, trying to throw the long ball. And I mean, that's what Lockett, Lockett does best. Lockett gets on top of you. You know, he he'll get on top of you in a hurry. The guy is he's one of the fastest uh, wide receivers in the league, and he's a good route runner. You know, and uh, Lenore's going to have his hands full. You know, and I mean, the guys had a couple rough games. I will say this. You know, the big plays that he's given up has been against. You know, I mean, come on, Devontae Adams. Yeah, the best of us, the best. I mean, I don't care if you have Jalen Ramsey on him. He's getting beat, you know, Devontae Adams is just that guy, you know, and then you go back and you watch the film. Lenore's right there with him. It's not like he's getting he's like five yards trailing. He's catching. It's an easy touchdown. He's walking in. He's step for step with him, you know, and it's just, you know, fundamental type things. Getting your head turned around, you know, like locating the ball, you know, like like just small things like that, like just just slow down and make the play. You know what I mean? So Lenore is, he's playing great football right now, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful that we have Lenore given what happened to us this season. You know, you had Mosley step down. He was playing, I mean, get hurt. He was playing the best football his, of his career. Then you have Verrett, you know, and all of our hearts broke for Verrett. Right. You know what I mean? If you're a Niner fan, your heart broke for Verrett because we, he, he, it was his time, you know, we, we needed Verrett, mm-hmm. you know, and so, I commend the job Lenore's doing. You know, it's it's a tough job. Corner to me is is if it's not quarterback, corner's one of the toughest positions to play. Yeah. If not the toughest position. You know, so um he's played great up to this moment. We're gonna need him to continue to play great, you know, because from here on out it doesn't get any easier. You know, I yeah. mean, like like you were saying, you're not gonna put him on Metcalf, you know, because it's just a mismatch. Met- Metcalf is a physical beast. You know, you, you you put your bigger corner on him, put Ward on him. Then you got Lockett over here. Lockett, I mean, he's he's a tough guard, you know? I mean, I think Lenore, I, th- I think he has, I think he can do it, you yeah. know? Um, and then from here on out, I mean, you have Minnesota, you have the Cowboys maybe, Philadelphia, and then you play, transition to the AFC, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati. It doesn't get easier from here, yeah. you know? But um, I'm leaning on Lenore, man. I think he can do it. Um like like I said, with that with that front seven with that D line, you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to guard that long anyways. They're going to get home. 
So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, right. They've been trying to max protect and then allow the vertical passing game to happen. That's what these other teams have been doing. Uh, it's a nice blueprint that the commanders came up with. The, qu- the problem is you try to do that too much and D'Amico all of a sudden drops eight. And then what do you do? Uh, then, you, you know, yeah, we're only bringing three. Uh, but you're, you're, who are you throwing it to? You know what I mean? You right. max protected. You kept everyone in uh, to, to block three. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a chess match that goes into that stuff. But you're right about Lenore. He stepped up when we needed him. Uh, this team would probably be pretty much unstoppable on defense. Think about how good they would be with an Emmanuel Mosley or Jason Brett oh, opposite of Traverius Ward. Uh, it, w- it would be lockdown, right? I mean, it would be <laughs> one of the best secondaries that, in football. And I think that's the thing is Lenore's come up and, you know, until recently, uh, they weren't even trying him. I mean, they weren't even going after him and he was competing at a high level. So uh, I think Lenore is is up to the challenge. I think he can handle, especially in this first round matchup against Seattle. I think you're right. It gets tougher after that. You know, Justin Jefferson comes to town. I'm sure you don't want Lenore on oh, him no. one-on-one. Uh, but, <laughs> no. you know, you can give him help with right. Gibson and, and, and Ufanga. And then also you can, you know, help with Charverius Ward. He can go on Jefferson sometimes. Uh, Jefferson, to me, is the toughest matchup left in the entire playoffs as a, as a wide receiver. I think he's tough for Charverius Ward even. Uh, the other big body guys, I'm not worried about. Devontae Smith would be promised for speed if they played Philadelphia. I'm not worried about the the Cowboys. I think he can go out there and run with C.D. Lamb and all them. I'm not really worried about that. Uh, I think there's, I mean, Minnesota probably is the the scariest just with Jefferson, even though the rest of the receivers, I mean, they, they're okay. But, I mean, it's nothing like uh, crazy that the 49ers can't game plan and take care of. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, if the guys were healthy, man, it would that it would be like having like all the infinity stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, just think of it, man. If we were fully healthy defensively, it would be absolutely ridiculous. Like, oh my, I yeah. just it hates. I hate to even think about it. Yeah, realistically, you'd probably have Verrett playing <laughs> the nickel uh, with Emmanuel Mosley outside, and then Jimmy Ward. Gibson and Hufanga as a, the three safeties, and they would probably play you know, in a variety of different ways. Dude, that would be so silly. It, it would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, the 49ers built it for that reason. They never really got to realize it because of the injuries. Uh, if, but if you even gave us one of those guys, right? If, right. if it was just Emmanuel Mosley, uh, this 49ers defense would be really tough to beat. There's, it's spectacular. It would be, yeah. Yeah. It would be all-time great. <laughs> all right, and it almost was all time great. Yeah. It's really great. Let's talk about the 49ers' biggest concern. What do you think the 49ers' biggest concern is against the Seahawks? Um, I think it was like our last question, to be honest. I mean, it's it's the matchup with Lenore and Lockie. You know, I mean, that's we 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 know what Seattle's gonna do. Seattle's gonna come into this game and they're gonna try to pick on Lenore. You know, I mean, that's what they've seen on film the last three weeks, and I think they're gonna they're gonna come into this game and try to exploit that. You know, I mean um, that's, they're a team that likes to throw it, you know, down the sideline. They like to throw the deep ball, you know, and Lockett likes to, likes to run a deep route. So, yeah. um, I think that's the biggest concern coming into this game. I mean, I mean, we've, we've seen them already twice, you know, we've seen how the cookie crumbled twice already. We know this Niner team is without their starting quarterback is a better team than this Seattle team, you know, and it doesn't matter where it's played in, in, in the Bay area or in Seattle. So, um, I think that the biggest concern for me is is just the matchup with Lenore and Lockett. You know, could could Lockett you know hold him long enough for that pass rush to get there? You know, can can he step up and and continue his great play that he's played so far in the regular season? So um, that's that's the matchup to me that's that's the most daunting. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But I'm gonna I think I'm gonna start with the run game. 
Uh, because if Kenneth Walker can't get going, if they can't run the football, uh, then I think there's a clear path for D'Amico Ryan to be able to stop the Seattle Seahawks. And, and what does that look like? Well, first off, you take Charverius Ward, you put him on DK Metcalf, and you say, I don't care where he goes, you go with him. He goes to the bathroom, you 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 see how many squares of toilet paper he wants. You don't let him out of your sight. He goes to the snack bar, you have the dipping sauce ready for him, right? You're just ready. And then when it comes to the other side, if Tyler Lockett's in the slot, you bracket coverage him. You play Jimmy Ward, you know, to the inside or outside, and you play a linebacker, a corner the other way, or a safety. Uh, you make sure there's always two guys that are around him. Because the third receiver on the outside, who's it going to be? Laquan Treadwell, uh, Kate Johnson. Okay, cool. Let's let those guys go one-on-one with Yamada Lenore. Uh, if Lockett's on the outside, cool. Then that means we're going to have Tayshawn Gibson over the top or Talanoa Fong over the top to give help to Lenore unless it's like a cover three situation. I think that's the way you handle it. And it's all predicated though on stopping the run first. You can't do those things. You can't give safety help to Diomedo Lenore. You can't bracket coverage, you know, uh, Tyler Lockett. If you don't, number one, have Traverius Ward. And then number two, stop the run of Kenneth Walker. And if you can, uh, then the 49ers are going to be able to do the things that they want to do, including cause Gino a lot of, a lot of problems by getting after it. Because I don't think the tight end for Seattle is good enough. They don't have Will Disley. He's hurt. Uh, Noah Fant hasn't lived up. He's been dealing with a little bit of a knee. And then you've got, um, I, I, what is it, Cody Parkinson, right? He's the, he's the tight end right now. I think the 49ers can handle him with a safety or with a linebacker. So uh, to me, that's how you go about it. We'll see if they actually do it. Uh, but I think what you said about Lenore, they're going to have to give help. They're going to have to make sure they help him out because I do think Seattle is going to make it a point of emphasis. And if I'm Diomar Lenore, I want to prove to everybody like, oh, you want to come at me? I'm going to make you pay. Absolutely. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a couple pass breakups and maybe even an interception in this game. I hope so. And, and I think you make a great point with the run game. I mean, you got to you gotta set the tone with stopping a run, you right. know. And like I said, Pete Carroll, he loves to run the football. I, I fully expect him to start the game trying to establish the running game against us. Um, another another thing I think they might try to exploit is uh, Talano Hufunga. You yep. know, he's he's sometimes he gets too aggressive. You know, coming downhill, and you know, a lot of teams see they see that on film. You know, and and there's plays to be made there. Right. You know, there's plays to be made, and the good thing about Hufunga is Hufunga learns from his mistakes. He learns from his mistakes, and 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 he he adjusts on the fly. You know, and that's what you want to see from you know the best of them. You know, play smart football, adjust, and and, and start making plays. Be a difference maker out there. But I I expect Seattle to try to play with that as well. Yeah, they, you know, what D'Amico said, he had dirty eyes. You know, that basically just means he's peeking in the backfield. That's one of the problems that every defensive back hap- has is they, you know, a lot of times it's, it don't matter if they're man or zone. They want to look in the backfield. Uh, if you're in man coverage, you shouldn't be looking in the backfield, but they want to do it a lot uh, because they want to see what kind of drop or what's going on in the backfield. They want to get involved in stopping the run. Um, but you just have to do your job and and rely on the other 10 players around you to do their jobs. When you start trying to do everyone else's job and play hero ball, that's when you have problems. And I think Hufanga's ran into that a little bit. Um, I do think he's learned his lesson from that. I expect less uh, breakdowns and coverage from him. Uh, I think it's all been a learning experience. I think D'Amico Ryan's publicly calling him out definitely got his attention because he was great against Arizona, even though in my preview show I said he's going to be great against Arizona because Cliff Kingsbury's offense is not very complex, yeah. and all he does is run mirrored concepts. Not all he does, but primarily. And I figured Talano Ufong can figure it out. But I think Ufong is going to be okay. I think he's going to make some plays in this uh, postseason. Hopefully it's a lot like the beginning of the season for Ufonga, where he can still trust his instincts, but not so much pre-snap as it is. Pre-snap gives you an idea. 
but post snap is where you actually go make your plays. Yeah, and he's been quiet of late. You know, yeah. he hasn't been making the plays that he had earlier in the year. And and you know, we we need him. We need him to get involved. You know, we need those turnovers and we need those those splash plays that he was making earlier in the year. So um, I, I expect him to step up though and play better uh, better in the playoffs. But he was, I think he's all pro, right? He made all pro. Or uh, no? I believe it wasn't the NFL players that did mm-hmm. the all pro thing. Today's the first annual. NFL Players Association All Pro Team. I don't remember if he made it or not. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I knew that Kyle Yuschek, George Kittle, and uh, Bosa, right? and Bosa made yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, Trent Williams did too, right? Were right. those the four? So right. maybe that yeah, was the four. True. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Hufonga's. I'm sure in the mix for he did make the Pro Bowl. Uh, we'll see how he plays over the remaining part of the game. But Warren, what is the biggest advantage for the 49ers against the Seahawks? Uh, biggest advantage is them being our rival. You know, I mean, we know them. They know us, you know, and um, we're, we're we we prepared for them already twice this year, you know. So the Niners fully know what they're getting their hands into, you know. They know what they know what what Seattle presents. They know what problems they present. Um, I think our biggest advantage is that Russell Wilson is not in Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because I mean, we all know those blues that he presents to us. But I mean, they got Geno Smith, and so far we're two and zero against Geno Smith. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I mean, I, I think we have a plethora of advantages against the Seattle team. I mean, just talent alone. I mean, you, like I said, you, you match it up from uh, position group to position group. You're you more times than none. You're taking the Niners position group over Seattle's, you know, and you could even throw in the head coaches over there. So um, uh, I say the, the biggest thing that worries you about this game is the, you know, beat a team three times in one season is that in the Niners head, you know, um, is Seattle going to come and play with their hair on fire? You know, like they were their rivals and, you know, they, they want to win the game. You know, they want to beat the Niners, you right. know, stuff like that. So, but I think the biggest advantage is just, honestly, just the talent level, to be honest. I mean, the Niners are just overwhelming. It's a home game. Um, it, it, they should be, it should be like taking care of business. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, the biggest advantage for the 49ers is their overall roster and coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, it is superior. It, the scheme is superior. It's just a better, well-coached team and a lot more depth. I think you throw in the fact that they're a top-five offense, they're the number-one defense, uh, they're top-15 special teams, mm-hmm. and they're number-one in turnover differential. That is championship-caliber numbers. Now they have to go prove it on the field, and Seattle is going to give them their best shot. Seattle's going to come out throwing haymakers in this football game. They've got nothing to lose. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're coming out there trying to give the 49ers their best, and they want nothing more than to spoil this for the San Francisco 49ers. What the 49ers have to do is exactly what Nick Bosa said. Get after them early, make them pay, and never look back. Pedal to the metal all the way until you win this football game. And I think the 49ers can do it because they're superior in every aspect of this game, except special teams, where uh, Seattle holds a narrow a narrow lead. Uh, but, you know, is special teams going to be the difference in the game? I don't think so. I think in other matchups it could be, but not in this one. And uh, I think that you're right. I think the, the roster put together by John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan is just absolutely spectacular. And I think you mentioned it earlier in the show. Seattle's a little bit ahead of schedule on when they're expected to actually compete because uh, they had some great draft picks. You know, Kenneth Walker, Boy Moffey, those guys are good. Both tackles, including Abraham Lucas, good players. Uh, but, you know, they're going to need a little bit more development. And the 49ers playing style is built for this moment. It's built for this time. Seattle's isn't. Yeah, I agree. And and like you said, I mean, 
I think the most scariest thing is when you're playing a team with nothing to lose. You know, yeah. that's the most scary thing. And, and, and credit to your point, I mean, because they're coming down, they're just they're just playing free football. You know, and that could that that itself presents problems. You know, but when you got a roster as talented as the Niners, I think that it, it negates that. You know, yeah. so um, shout out to Detroit Lions, though. <laughs> I felt like Detroit should have made the playoffs over Seattle. Uh, Detroit finished the season uh, strong, winning in Green Bay. I. I would honestly, I'd rather play Seattle than Detroit. Agreed. You know, because Detroit, yeah. Detroit was actually uh, playing; they're playing good football right now. But uh, Seattle, um, they kind of lucked their way into the playoffs. They had some help, you know. Um, I rather actually rather play Seattle than Green Bay as well. You know, I'd Agreed. rather play Geno Smith than than Aaron Rodgers. But um, like you said, man, it's just when you look at these rosters, it's just overwhelming. How, how much talent the Niners have. You even look at the Niners roster compared to the rest of the league. And it's just like, it's overwhelming. Like how did the Niners get this much talent? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they've been drafting well. They signed right. key free agents at the right times. They got, you know, some affordable contracts too. And you have, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo took a pay cut. You know what I mean? There, there was things that went into this, but this has been a while that they've been building this thing. And it just feels like, you know, as long as they can go out and execute and not defeat themselves, but go out, you know, and play their style of brand of football, it's going to be tough for anyone to beat them. And I think there are capable teams. No, don't get me wrong. You know, Philly's still a problem. You know, Dallas can can cause some issues, of course. Those are still fo- good football teams. Uh, and then on the AFC, you have the, the three-headed monster over there. They, any one of those teams is tough. Uh, but it's like they've always said, if it, these, these things travel, you can run the football and you can play great defense. You can win in the NFL. And the 49ers do that better than any team in the NFL right now. And they just have to go prove it now in the playoffs, though. And I, I'm going to get great enjoyment out of seeing the Seahawks go down at the hands of the 49ers on Saturday. <laughs> and then we'll sit back and await, you know, who they play. If Minnesota wins and beats uh, the New York football Giants, then we know it's Minnesota. And it'll probably be on Saturday. And if it ends up being uh, the Giants, and that means, hey, the winner of the, the Monday night matchup between Tampa Bay and Dallas ends up coming to Levi Stadium for the divisional round. And then in that case, uh, that game will be on Sunday. So I think it's going to be a fun weekend. Let's kick off the playoffs with a 49ers drubbing of the Seattle Seahawks. But Warren, what do you think the score is actually going to be? I'm curious, you know, if you think this is going to be a blowout or do you think the Seahawks are going to, you know, give haymakers and hang in there close? I think I fully expect early uh, Seattle to come out and I think they're going to be hyped. They're going to they're come out and uh, play with their hair on fire, like you said, play with nothing to lose. Um, I think they put 10 points on the board early. I've been putting ten points on the board uh, on the board in the first quarter, and then in this I mean not in the first quarter in the first half, and then um, second half being completely shut out. So I have the Niners winning the game. I say the Niners advance to the next round. I would say the score would be I would say twenty twenty eight. I have twenty eight. Actually, no, thirty one ten. Thirty one ten. Thirty one ten. San Francisco. So so far the score predictions. Horse has it 34 to 10, uh, 49ers. Jay Hill has it 34 13, 49ers. And now you have a 31 to 10, 49ers. All 30 point uh, performances for this 49ers offense. And that's on course, right? Uh, since uh, Rock Purdy's taken over, they're averaging 33.8 points per game. That's spectacular. So you're right there where they should be. And then they give up 16.2. And we're seeing a Seattle Seahawks team that's been trending in the downward way of scoring points they used to average a lot more now it's around 23 points per game it's just a different category that they're in now i think you could be right you know and 
Um, you're going to want to join me for my game preview show, and that's when I'll do my score prediction. You guys can all bring your score predictions as well. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, and that's coming out you know, on Friday, so you're going to want to make sure you come join me for that. Uh, but Warren, a, a great episode for sure. Um, and I'm going to ask you this before we go. Who would you rather play in the second round? Do you want Minnesota, or do you want Dallas or Tampa? Um, I would rather take, in the second round, I'd rather take the, the Vikings. Just because Kirk Cousins, you know what you're getting from Kirk Cousins, and, yep. and he's he's a tree back there. So you want you get to Kirk Cousins, it's game over. I mean, they can't. You Derrick Henry, not Derrick Henry, uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Dalvin Cook is he's starting to look his age. He's starting to look like an older running back in this league right now. You get to you get to Cousins, and the game is over. Like it's because he he's not going to beat you with his legs. Yeah. You know, um, the only way the Vikings could beat you is getting the ball to Justin Jefferson. And if you if you you're getting your harassing cousins all game, they have no formula to win, absolutely none. So to me, the path through them is the easiest. If you play the Cowboys, it's a little different. You know, I mean, they have a lot more weapons. I mean, you have Zeke that that looks like he's found his his niche in the double running back system. You know, he looks like he's he's young again. Then you got Pollard, and Pollard is their their game breaker. He makes a lot of plays. You know, and then you got Ceedee Lamb, one of the best receivers in the league. Gallup always stepping up, making plays as well. <clears throat> and then you got Dak. Dak is struggling right now. Yeah. That's the thing. Dak is, he is struggling, but Dak can beat you with his legs. You know, and this is the team that we beat in the playoffs last year that would be eager, be chomping at the bit to play us again. Especially with the way they lost to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they would be chomping at the bit to get a, to get us again. But um, I would definitely rather see the Minnesota Vikings than uh, – uh, in the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I like to tell the Cowboys fans, be careful what you wish for. Uh, you had an injured Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you you didn't have Christian McCaffrey. You didn't have a top five offensive line that you were going against, and you got handled by the 49ers. The 49ers <laughs> should have won that game by a lot more points. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo missed on some throws, and he was struggling, and it, for good reason, right? He had the thumb, and that's the game he hurt his shoulder. Uh, I think that the 49ers are well-equipped to handle the Dallas Cowboys, but you're right. It's the Vikings. You want to play the Vikings in the second round. It's their defense. Their defense is not as good. Uh, the, the 2019 Vikings defense was pretty good, and the 49ers handled them. I, this is not the same, you know, Vikings. It's a different it's a different matchup, you know, and they got guys that are getting older. Uh, I think the 49ers are well-equipped to handle Minnesota, and I think that would be a nice matchup for the 49ers at Levi Stadium and maybe give us a little 2019 vibes. And then we let, you know, hopefully we let we see what happens between Philly and Dallas. And if Dallas wins, hey, come to Levi Stadium and it'll remind me of the 90s. And if you if it's the Eagles, we'll be he- headed there uh, to show them a little brotherly love. And the last time we were there, we beat them. So yeah. I think it'll be a fun matchup either way. But Warren, a great episode of Cover 2. Looking forward to a divisional round episode next week. Absolutely. Hopefully talking 49ers win. And then who they're playing in the next round could be Minnesota Vikings. I think so. I think so. But uh, looking forward to that next week, Pod. Uh, it should be happening for sure. Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for watching. Uh, like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. And go Niners. Go Niners.